Thank you for tuning into ELA 4A Today, the podcast where we talk about various topics such as people, the world, life, and more. My name is David Kwan, and once again, I will be your host. Today, for the second installment of our coronavirus distance learning series, we will be taking a look at differing perspectives over a predicament of acceptance and affirmation. The monster, artificially created by a scientist Victor Frankenstein, was rejected by all those around him due to his unsightly appearance, despite his desire to be accepted and loved. He hid from humanity, which had repeatedly scrutinized him with disgust. While observing the de Lacy family during his stay in their cottage, the monster learned of human concepts such as companionship and love, and even learned how to speak the same language. Eventually, the monster introduced himself to the Delacys in hopes of acceptance, but was instead met with hostility and exclusion. Rejection by those he regarded with much admiration caused him to go on a rampage and vow vengeance against humanity. In the monster's eyes, humans had done nothing but cause him suffering and torment, but for humans, the monster was an embodiment of deformity and fright that incited only destruction in his path. So, which perspective is correct? It's always easy to create a strong bias in your mind without considering other options. So today, Caitlin Crutcher, our interviewer, will be asking the monster and Felix DeLacy specific questions in order to consider the perspectives of both parties when answering our overarching question. After both guests have spoken, psychologist Matthew Serio will provide his professional opinion and analysis of the situation at hand. Let's listen to what both guests have to say after our interviewer briefly introduces herself. everyone. I'm Caitlin Crutcher, your interviewer for this segment. I am so happy to be here and I'm super excited to learn more about the monster and Felix from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So to start off this segment, we are joined with the monster. The monster was created from the dead body parts of other organisms by Dr. Frankenstein himself. Backboning off of this question, have you always perceived yourself as a monster? I never thought of myself as a monster, but instead as an outsider. I spent so much time observing the cottagers and noticed how they lived in the presence of other people. They felt love. It was a mixture of pain and pleasure, such as I had never before experienced, either from hunger or cold, warmth or food. My loneliness set me apart from them, and if such lovely creatures were miserable, it was less strange that I, an imperfect and solitary being, should be wretched. I had admired the perfect forms of my cottagers, their grace, beauty, and delicate complexions, but how I was terrified when I viewed myself in a transparent pool. At first, I started back, unable to believe that I was indeed I who was reflected in the mirror, and when I became fully conceived that I was in reality the monster that I am, I was filled with the bitterest sensations of disponence and mortification. And looking back on your actions, can you justify your wrongdoings? While I cannot justify them, I have acknowledged what possessed me to do such a thing. My feelings were those of rage and revenge. My cursed creator gave me life, life that I did not deserve nor that I desired. I became fatigued with excess of bodily exertion and sank on the damp grass in the sick imponents of despair. There was none among the myriads of men that existed who would pity or assist me, and should I feel kindness towards my enemies? 
No, from that moment I declared everlasting war against species, and more than all, against him who had formed me and sent me forth to this insupportable misery. My emotions got the best of me and has caused me to do unthinkable things. And finally, do you believe you belong in this world? I do not belong in this world. I am shunned and hated by all mankind. I am feared because I am malicious, and I am malicious because I am miserable. I want a creation of another sex that is as hideous as I am. We shall be monsters cut off from all the world, but on that account, we shall be more attached to each other. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. Next, we will be moving on to Felix, who unknowingly harbored the monster on his property. Well, first of all, Felix, where are you from? I live in a small cottage in the countryside of Germany, but I'm originally from the large and luxurious country called Paris. And how did you come to live in the countryside? It is actually a very interesting story. My family had a moderate fortune and we were surrounded by friends and possessed of every enjoyment which virtue, refinement of intellect, or taste accompanied by a moderate fortune could afford. The father of the woman, who is now my wife, was a Turkish merchant who had been in Paris for many years, and on the day Safi, my wife, was to join him from Constantinople, he was captured and thrown into prison. He went on trial and was sentenced to death. All of Paris was furious because we knew that it was because of his religion and wealth that he was condemned to die, rather than any crime he had committed. The night before the scheduled execution, I helped him escape using passports in the names of myself, my sister, and my father. I had warned my father of my plans, so he was already concealed with my sister in an obscure part of Paris. I stayed with the Turk and Safi until we could be married, but unbeknownst to me, he had, form he had formed other plans for her. Meanwhile, France was very angry about our escape, and my plot became known. So Agatha, my sister, and my father were thrown into prison. I felt terrible that my blind father and gentle sister were suffering. So I returned to Paris in the, in the hopes that Agatha and my father would be released if I delivered myself up. This was not the case, and we remained confined for five months before our fortune was seized and we were exiled. I soon learned that once the Turk, for whom my family had suffered a great deal, had learned that my family was reduced to poverty, he left with his daughter, only sending an inadequate amount of money to aid us. I am so sorry, that sounds terrible. How are you and your family now? When we first came to live in our cottage in Germany, we were miserable, but since Safi escaped her father and came to find us, it has improved vastly. Now Felix, I would like to hear about your experience with the monster in your home. Could you explain what happened in your thoughts when you saw the creature with your father? I will gladly share my encounter with you, although it is horrifying. Safi, Agatha, and I had gone for a walk and left my father at his request. When we returned, I walked in upon this horrific beast in my home. He was clutching my father in his enormous grasp and crying out. Agatha fainted immediately and Safi rushed out of the cottage. I dared not listen to hear his words, but ran to my father's aid, tore him from my father, and dashed him to the ground, striking him stick. He looked to be in so much pain that he left the cottage, and I do not know where he went. Okay, well, that wraps up our interviewing portion of the segment. Thank you to both parties for allowing us to learn more about the both of you. Thank you for both of your great responses. Now let's move on to a medical expert who will help us analyze this situation.
Greetings, I am the guest psychologist Matthew Sirio. Today I'm going to talk about our two special guests that were interviewed today. Let's start out with the guest that has been called the monster and it seems like he has a rough time living in this world and society. The monster may feel this way because he does not check off all of the famous hierarchy of needs created by the by his famous psychologist Abraham Maslow. Furthermore, the biggest thing that is not checked off is love and belonging, which could indicate why the monster feels like this. Altogether, he, the monster represents a being who does not have access to all the necessities of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. However, if you look at Felix's story, it seems like he has most of the five things checked off from the hierarchy of needs. He has a loving family and possesses people around him that enjoy and appreciate his company. Even though he has had some rough times in life, it does not even come close to what the monsters experience. The monster does not have anyone to go back to when there's rough times and no one really appreciates him. All in all, Felix is a representation of a noble human being who has all the essential needs according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The monster is depressed because of his lack of love in life and belonging, which is one of the five needs. This causes him pain as well, inciting him to desire and to inflict this same pain on others. Felix, however, is content and brings joy to others around him because he has feelings of love and belonging well as the other needs in Maslow's hierarchy. After listening to the individual perspectives of both the monster and Felix, and even an analysis from a medical professional, there's no doubt that there have been many misunderstandings. The monster simply wanted someone to care for him like the human DeLacy family cared for each other, and Felix was only concerned for his visually impaired father who had been conversing with a deformed creature. While there is no excuse for the transgressions that the monster has committed in his rage, Perhaps it would be a step in the right direction to understand the injustices that the monster had faced with mankind. As someone who did not wish to be born, or even should have been born by the laws of nature, the monster will never be able to obtain the joy that he wishes for, primarily due to the rejection he encounters when others see his deformity. On the outside, the monster's existence is seen as horrifying, but when you take a deeper dive into his inner passions, his existence is merely a tragedy. My desire is that, with this podcast, we can spread awareness of the misunderstanding that most people have with the monster, and at least give him a chance to prove that he is not actually a monster, but a pure soul placed in catastrophic circumstances. Well, it looks like we are out of time for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of ELA4A Today. Wear a mask, social distance, and stay safe.